welcome back to another episode of Teaching Music Tomorrow. My name is Anne Molesky and I am here with my friend Victoria Bowler. And today we are back to talk about transitions again. So last episode we were talking about musical transitions that have to do with rhythmic and melodic elements predominantly, right? Mm -hmm. And today we're going to talk more about procedural transitions. Um, and we haven't really talked a ton about what this might mean. Um, but this is kind of like the everything else category for me. So maybe mm -hmm. it's something I know some folks, especially in um, like early childhood or like early elementary really like to do thematic transitions. So like if their whole class is like a story, then maybe they mm -hmm. can do things that way. Um, procedural for me means if I need to move students through space. So like if they're sitting at the board and they need to make a circle or something like that, and I want to do it in a way that is different than just like make a circle, go, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then um, a musical transition and something that's a little bit more than like circle, circle, let's make a circle, five, four, three, two, one, and you're done. Even though that does work, right? Something just like a little bit more um, mm -hmm. moving from place to place. What do you have to say about that, Victoria? Yes, absolutely. So as soon as you say, um, let's go make a circle, you are not going to make a circle. You are going to turn to your neighbor and talk. You're going to move and like someone is all of a sudden like walking to the gym and you're like, why Why is my class like leaving the room? What is happening right now? Or as soon as you say, um, let's go sit behind an instrument, um, you can be guaranteed that you will have three kids go sit behind an instrument and everyone else is like running to your instrument clock closet and they're pulling out all the instruments that they want. So even, and this is the thing that's like so mind boggling about elementary and is like, even if you give a direct instruction, sit behind the instruments and go to rest position, that is no guarantee. In fact, that's kind of a guarantee that they will not <laughs> sit behind the instruments and move to rest position. So thinking about um, what do I want you to do, kind of just always being one step ahead and and not that if you're one step ahead, you will never have classroom management problems. That's not what this means, but it does mean that we can redirect to something and it helps everyone um, just be a little bit more streamlined in, in the process to make a circle, uh, to line up at the door, to um, you know, sit behind an instrument or to pass off an instrument or to move back to their spots or move to new spots or find a partner or like everything, all of these moving pieces in the lesson that um, that make people so discouraged. And again, like this is another situation and you and I both have our hands up. This is the piece more so, I, in my opinion, than like pitch matching or, um, you know, alternating hands on instruments. Like this piece right here is the thing that causes headaches more so than probably any other actual musical piece of our teaching because the musical pieces of our teaching we are probably much more prepared for right like how to teach standardized western notation or um, how to help students match pitch or how to you know all, all the other like skills those we went to school for but we probably did not have a class on transitions mm. and the thing that causes us <laughs> the most headache in our teaching is probably transitions Right. Yeah. And one of the things I meant to mention on our last episode was this idea that transitions create like a time bound like, mm. change, right? So um, like when we just talked about it and now it's already like out of my brain. <laughs> 
so like when I'm doing like some echo patterns back and forth, like there's a specific job that students have to do and they understand because of the way that we've set up our classroom that like that happens right after I say a pattern, right? When you are asking students a question or you're asking them to, you know, read the notation on the board or think about what the song might be and where we're going to be moving. Um, that's giving them a job and it's it's making it time bound. Like you're not waiting yes. necessarily for everybody to be ready, but you are giving them a job to help move the lesson forward. Um, yes. And all that to say, you know, the little like walk to the board in five, four, three, two, one, and you're done. That works as long as you immediately move to the next thing. So for a long time and even still, um, I might not have a transition between these two activities or I just didn't have time to come up with one or something changed or whatever the real world situation might be. Those definitely work as long as the subsequent pacing is yes. still picked up, right? So like, even if I said walk to the board, if there's two students, I'm not necessarily waiting for everyone to be absolutely still crisscross applesauce and all of that kind of stuff. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just going and, and they'll get there they'll get there, right? So um, so yeah, so that's the other thing I wanted to say about transitions is that it allows for that time bound sense. So not only will things not hopefully not go as far off the rails because students have that job, but it's more time bound as well. Yeah. Yeah, the only other piece that I want to tack on to that, then this is something that I meant to say last episode as well. Um, it, I think about transitions as uh, like modulations in a piece. Mm -hmm. And there are so many different ways that we can modulate from keys. Like, are we going to do a five of five? And then that's the new one. Oh, it's so exciting, right? But there are also times where um, it's just a direct modulation. Mm -hmm. And then the next downbeat, all of a sudden, like we're, we're there. Right. right. And so what you're talking about with um, not everything has to have this beautiful pre-packaged transition that your Kodai level one teacher would be so proud of and pat you on the head. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like you get to your spots and you just start singing the next song. So you're right. making a distinction that I think is very, very important between transitions and just pacing in general. And that pacing piece is another area where we tend to lose students. So these are two things that um, when they work together are really, really, really magical but also if your pacing is there then you can be kind of working on transitions in the background that can be kind of something fun for you as long as the pacing is still there to kind of move things forward no matter what yeah awesome great so let's okay. get into um a procedural transition um again thinking about procedural at, in terms of like i'm moving students from this space to that space yeah like um, logistics. I'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna talk about um like moving from some board work to moving into a movement activity i'll just mm -hmm. go ahead and use summer teak since it's fresh for me um so what is your favorite kind of pie miss victoria don't say something crazy that's gonna be real hard for me <laughs> I, what was that episode to, that we talked about? I don't even remember. And it's like, I said something and it did not work for what I, You're like, what no, that, that choice was wrong. Yeah, it was about soup. <laughs> don't worry. Um, I like rhubarb pie. Okay, rhubarb pie works. Do you have another one? Um, yes, chicken pot pie. Chicken pot pie, say it. Chicken pot pie. Yum, chicken. yum. Yum, yum. No chicken pot pie yum yum chicken pot pie yum yum yeah so pick your like favorite pie song that you do maybe it's simple simon maybe it's something different and let's just come mm -hmm. up with some different pie patterns what would another one be can you think of another one what about blueberry food? pie blueberry pie yum yum blueberry rhubarb yum yum can you clap that blueberry rhubarb yum yum put it in your feet blueberry rhubarb yum 
yum now let's go back to chicken pot pie yum yum in your feet chicken pot pie yum yum and we're moving all around the room at this point right my students know in my classroom typically like if we put something on our feet like we're moving we're not necessarily just standing at the board so we're moving all around and now i'm just gonna say well let's make this a little bit simpler pie uh pie pie yum yum Pie, 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 yum, yum, pie, 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 yum, yum, pie, 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 yum, yum, Pie, 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 yum, pizza, pie, yeah, pie, 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 yum, pizza, pie. So I've just done this simultaneous imitation coming from that felt very clunky, but hopefully you get the idea. So um, starting at the board, doing some things with, we've done simple Simon just for instance, and we're coming up with different patterns with different types of pie. We then put those rhythms into our feet, move in free space around the room. Then once we land on that pie, 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 yum, yum, we use that as our traveling kind of ostinato, if you will, to get into a circle, make a circle, here we go, pie, 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 yum, yum. We move in the circle like that, and then I say pizza, pie, and then they're like, oh, Time, right so obviously this is something that they would know we could turn on the music and then go ahead and do the dance so again very like there's musical elements in there but i'm not really extracting those for like a curricular purpose i'm using mm -hmm. kind of the the um the media i guess that we're mm -hmm. doing in those two different activities to bridge them together but it's not necessarily getting into like the nitty gritty of the rhythms is still thinking about like giving students the opportunity to come up with a pattern. It's like, oh, let's try this really huckleberry, huckleberry pie, pie, you know, like let's try all of these different things. How hard is it to move in our feet? So it gives them the opportunity to stay really, really engaged. Yeah. So this is the same thing that you talked about in the last episode where you have mm. like one, th like a musical thought here and then a separate musical thought here. And then we don't have to have this like huge, um, fully fleshed out bridge that students are reading in standardized Western notation. It's just an echo. And then over time it morphs and you kind of pull them on, you know, toward to that road, so to speak. And then eventually we're doing something else known. So it doesn't have to be um, like a grand, I don't know, like fully, fully formed thing in your brain. And it wasn't fully formed. And because you're asking me for the type of yeah. pie that I like, right. And there's no way for you to jump ahead and say like, well, I mean, you could, you could say like, you're, here are your two options. But right. the, the point of this transition was moving from something that was pretty open-ended and then you refine it as we are moving to the circle and how we got to the circle. And was you said, move to the circle while you do mm. it. You know, and so there's something in our feet. I cannot be sprinting to the circle if I'm right. supposed to be like talking about pies with my toes, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things I felt this way um, when we had our movement episode too. It's so difficult to talk about like what it looks like if you have students moving, right? When we're standing in front of a screen and a microphone and all that kind of stuff. But just this idea that there's, even though it's a speech-based movement thing, the opportunity for talking isn't there. Right, because mm -hmm. we brainstormed all of these different things on the board and probably just like go down the list or like run up and point to the next one and then students would be moving and then eventually we get to that that part of the circle there yeah so yeah 
Absolutely. Okay. Well, something pretty similar for me, let's go back to Agua de Limones. So we have been walking around in a circle and then we have our groups that we get to, and then we walk around the circle and we sing it again. Um, by this point, we are all kind of mixed up and you have students sit like in rows at your board. If you're going to do any board work, I'm just always in a circle all the time. Um, but by this point, and then if you, you know, we want to talk about something on the board, just turn your body and face the board, turn this way, turn that way, whatever. Um, so by this point, no one's in their spot because we've all been like moving around with different partners, everything like that. So we're singing, Agua de limones, vamos a jugar. Y el que quede solo, solo quedará. Freeze, sing it while you walk to your spots. Here we go. Agua de limones, vamos a jugar. And it's just sing it while you walk to your spots instead yep. of me telling you to get in a group of, you know, four or people who uh, like Huckleberry Pie or whatever it is. <laughs> when you do this, um, the the thing that will be discouraging if we're not prepared for it is we're going to do it and kids are going to talk while they walk to their spots and then you go uh-oh i think i heard a mistake i think that we were accidentally talking let's put your bodies in reverse in five four three two sing it while you walk to your spots here we go Agua de limones. and then they'll get to their spots and if this is our first couple times then uh, of doing a transition like this then it actually is important to me that those two stragglers are on board with the rest of the class and i'm not going to get into a power struggle with those two but um it is important to me for this particular uh use case of the transition sure, that sure. everybody everybody is there and so I'm going to go, oh, no, and it, you know, I like I ham it up and like no one's in trouble because musicians practice skills. And the first time that I learned my uh, that I, you know, I needed to play um, a B natural instead of a B flat in band, you can bet your bottom dollar and that I was playing a lot of B naturals. And even though my teacher told me that it's a, a B flat, sorry, and even though my teacher told me that it's a B natural and even though I quote unquote knew better and even though we have practiced it before and even though it was the middle of the year. You should know your B naturals from your B flats by now. The situation is that musicians practice skills. And so when students talk on their way back, I am not um, I'm not angry at them. I am not discouraged. I am just like, oh, there's another day in music class. Just like we practice the skill of notational literacy, just like we practice the skill of staying in an ensemble, we're gonna have to practice the skill of singing it while we walk to our spots. So we go back and we do it and we'll do it, you know, three times, however long it takes to, to sing while we move to our spots. And then guess what? We've gotten three reps in, but if I right. only let students practice that incorrectly, the only way they have learned to do it is to walk while they're talking instead of walk while they are singing. It's the exact same thing. Musicians practice skills. Okay, I'm kind of bored of that transition. Let's do another one. Clap the rhythm while you walk to your spot. So we would stand and clap the rhythm of Agua de limones, vamos a jugar. Y el que quede solo, solo quedará. Put the beat in your feet, put the words in your hands, and stay while you, where, where you are while you clap the rhythm. Here we go. Agua de limones, vamos a jugar. Y el que quede solo, solo quedará. Do that again while you walk to your spots. Here you move. Agua de limones. So then the beat is still in your feet, the rhythm is still in your hands, but we started with the rhythm in our hands, then we added beat and and rhythm together in place and then we moved locomotor if i want us to be fancy another way to change it up would be um play that rhythm on body percussion of your choice while you move 
Another thing would be um, to, uh, if we were to break that up, and this was one of your questions earlier, Anne, about like, what if they don't have the notational literacy aspect all, you know, buttoned up so that I can do like a, a notation-based transition? No problem. I'll clap something and then they echo. So they echo. And then it can be uh, echo while you walk back to your spots and you only move when you're clapping. If I'm clapping, you stand still because it's an echo thing back and forth. Or if I want to be you know, a level fancier, it's improvise something different, but you're mm -hmm. only improvising while you move. While I clap, you stand still and listen. And then, so that kind of avoids just like the, the endless rambling. So um, sometimes transitions can feel like very lower elementary, like you talked about um the you know the making the whole class a story and and things like that and sometimes like the sing-songy stuff can feel a little younger so for older students having some sort of uh invitation of body percussion or improvisation as they are moving it still gives a direction um but it's not as sing-songy little kid yeah what i love about this again i wrote down like transitions are giving students a job right? It's that yes. time bound giving yes. students a job. And what I like about this is like, obviously these that we shared today are still musical, right? They still have, have musical implications, but it's not so much of like a critical thinking skills. I'm, I'm not using terminology. I know what you mean, but, yep. but it's yep. not, it's not the same type of critical thinking required as some of the musical transitions that we outlined. Mm -hmm. um, and I think too, um, I think what you mentioned in terms of like practicing those skills is really important. So, you know, as you mentioned, like not just, but just singing the song while we go back to our spots is a transition. And mm -hmm. that's still, you're still going to have a couple of kids who aren't exactly sure what that looks like, how it's supposed to feel like, where's my spot? I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't remember my name today, you know, like all of those kinds of things, right? Especially in the younger years. And so it's okay, even though we're not at the beginning of the year to have a day where you're like, let me look at these songs that we've been doing in the classroom. Let's practice a bunch of transitions. Let me see if I can get my kids like used to this. Mm -hmm. Be like, okay, you know what it looks like to to sit in your spots when you come in. Let's sing this song and try try to get into a circle by the end of the song. Oh, let's try it again. From now on, this is how we're gonna move to a circle, right? And have those moments. This is the type of stuff that I try to build into like my first week of school rules type things. Like we practice what it looks like to go from the board and go to the circle mm -hmm. and go to a long way set for the older kids or go to the instruments or that type of thing. Um, which is like probably a whole other episode in and of itself, instruments and passing out mallets and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that taking a little bit of time or just in the lesson in like a five minute transition chunk where you practice like you mentioned today this is just a skill that we're practicing is really 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 worthwhile because it mm -hmm. saves you time saves you time in the end so. yeah yeah and you know, it's it's one of those things where you're like Ugh, they should just know they should just know how to do it by now like by this point in third grade and and the reality is, you know, even though it feels like we are taking up time by practicing the, these transitions, and this is what you're saying, like mm -hmm. you get that back, just that and then some, and then the the musicking never stops. So that's another way that I like to think about it. Um, you said give students a job. I completely agree. Another way is how can we keep it musical? Yeah, and right. keeping it musical will also involve giving students a job. Love it. Right.
Right. Yeah. And I think, too, the thing that we have to remember is that even if we've seen the same students all the way from kindergarten to third grade and they've been in your classroom and they get it, what happens in our music classroom once, maybe twice a week is so different in terms of like self-space, shared space, body awareness, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff um, than what happens in the other classrooms that they need that extra practice. Right. Because it's like there's this thing that's still like school but I love it and it's fun and it's an open space like recess and Mm -hmm. I don't have a desk and there's like all of these other little elements that they're trying to navigate in their sweet little brains. So, yeah. And if you, you know, my sister teaches, one of my sisters teaches first grade. And if you say, um, Liz, should you practice transitions if students have had a week off of school? She'll be like, oh gosh, yes. It's like the first day of school. If we come back from fall break and they've had an entire week off, yes, you must practice those transitions. Again, they won't remember. Every week, if you have music once a week, it's like every week is the first day back from fall break. They've had a full entire week off. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not fresh and out of the blue to us because we've been doing it every day (laughs) but to them they haven't they did it one time last tuesday at 9 30 and by the time this tuesday rolls around they've lived an entire world so even though we feel like we are doing these transitions until we're blue in the face and truly like it, it can get very frustrating when we expect students to do something that we think is very simple like sit behind an instrument without banging your neighbor on the head with the mallets like <laughs> these these are the things that um students will tell us when it's time to review right yeah and yeah ab- absolutely and i think that it's one of those scenes where like exactly as you said they're just trying to figure out exactly what to do after a whole week off and so giving them that opportunity to you know even though even though it feels like we've been doing it all the time it's not fun all the time to be like okay, everyone should be in a circle now. I'm still waiting. waiting. Like that takes way more time than just being like, oh, nope, let's try it again. No big deal. Go back to your spots. Five, four, three, two, one. (gasps) Yeah, right. And just doing it, doing it again. So, Yep. And what headspace do you want to be in? How do you want to spend your time? You probably don't want to spend your time going, I'm waiting, right? You probably want to spend your time like singing the song. So let's just sing the song again. And it's all good. It's all good. Okay. We could talk about this for a lot longer. Of course we could. Yeah. So hopefully this episode has given um, folks a good couple of ideas to implement today or tomorrow or whenever. That's great. So until next time, you can find these show notes at teachingmusictomorrow.com. You can use the search bar uh, to pull up any of the episodes that we've done so far. And um, I'm, you know, I'm sure that we've talked about transitions here and there in some of our other conversations. So this is something that um, I know we have other stuff planned for the rest of this season, but we could hang out here for, for a while because there's a lot there's a lot of there's a, so much magic in in these small little interactions between what we think of as the main pieces of the lesson yeah absolutely